All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation brought to you as always by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey season, capital H, capital S, all one word, hockey season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. What's that sound? Oh, Harmon's I had to show um, <laughs> playing on the YouTube. <laughs> I was like, are we getting, like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code hockey season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Zep, uh, hockey season at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, epic.com. If you want to shop in person, visit their retail location in Surrey, British Columbia. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs. You see the Jack Hughes rookie card, the Series 1 checklist from 1920 Upper Deck Series 1. The hockey cards that came out, those were fantastic. We still have some more to open, and we will at some point, but that day is not today because there's a lot to get to today. My name is Dave Wardrelli. I'm joined by Harmon Dial. Our technical producer, the man at the controls, is Grady Sass. We will be joined in moments by Dave Hall, who is Canucks Army's prospect guru. He's doing a fantastic job over at Canucks Army. It's his first time on the show today, so we're very excited to get to Dave. Later in the show... I want to introduce this now. It's our poll question. We're not going to pull it up, Grady, don't worry. But our poll question is centered around the new, as the title suggests, Trevor Linden versus Jim Benning in the year 2023, which is what we now have on our hands with Trevor Linden making an appearance yesterday on Sportsnet 650, taking some shots at the former Canucks general manager. Uh, We're going to dive into that a little bit later in the show. But first, we want to pull this up. The Botford Project announced yesterday 
We were both very excited to see that it's back for another year. The Canucks PR staff, along with assistance from Jeff Patterson, Thomas Drance, and now Chris Faber is going to be a part of it from the team side, uh, is bringing back the Botchford project. Applications are now open until November 22nd at noon. But folks, I would suggest you don't leave it to the last minute. Uh, Try to get your applications in. Uh, I also wanted to say I'm open. If anybody wants to shoot me a message, shoot me an email, anything, I do this every year, but I just want to make it clear again. Um, I would love to help people out. Always try to help people out with their applications. And anybody who has any questions about anything, you can reach out to me. Um, I was I went through the Botchford Project. First one chosen, no big deal. But anyways, um, it was a fantastic opportunity for me. Uh, it's proven to work very well for a lot of other people out there as well. A lot of people that went through the program now have jobs in the media. Uh, some of us state-affiliated media, as Cody Sievertson tweeted out about Faber. Um, but there's, there's a lot, a lot of people that came through this program. And, and even if you don't end up landing a job, it's a really great experience to get in your efforts to get a job one day in sports media. Yeah, and just to get a taste of it, get the experience, be at Morning Skate, be at the game, understand what the environment is sort of like, Everybody in the media pool is super friendly. And honestly, I wasn't officially obviously part of the Botchford project because I... You can say it because you were already in the media at 19. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I was able to get get a start so early was because Botch took me exactly. under his wing. And the media pool in Vancouver uh, was so instrumental in, in helping me find my footing at such a young age. So I feel like mentorship and having people to sort of help you especially for people coming from non-traditional backgrounds. Like I didn't go to journalism school, right? So a lot of things that may have been foundational knowledge or common sense, even you don't have, you know, you don't have that sometimes. And I think this is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, The people working on it are are absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to see um, whoever gets chosen at, uh, at the rink. And you get to hang out with quads and harm in and around the rink. Maybe steal their food in the press box. Who knows? You know, we might be able because because here's the thing. This is what happens on the Botchford Project. You go to Morning Skate, then you go to the game. But, you know, some people, if you live in Coquitlam, Burnaby, you don't want to go back home. Like, I remember I spent my day. I went to a cafe with Drance, and we worked. And I was at Canuck Way at the time writing. Um, and Drance was just writing and working, and I did the same thing. And I was like, okay, this is how it's done. Like, this is, this is what you do. So maybe we could even bring people... Uh, you know, we got this couch in the studio. Maybe one or two of the Botcher Project fellows can, uh, if they want to, of course, they can come watch us do the show and, you know, see what that's like, all that sort of stuff. So uh, we're very excited about the Botchford Project, and we're very much so looking forward to meeting the recipients. Okay, uh, we got to get this in. It's our generous guy brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal. Our generous guy today is Dave Hall. Generosity lives in the small things. It doesn't need money, an audience, or even acknowledgement. It just needs a few good people. Crown Royal, crown everything. Our generous guy is Dave Hall. Let's bring him in. Our prospect guru over at Canucks Army, Dave Hall, joins us now. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you fellas doing? Awesome. We're very happy to have you on. 
uh, doing better than I think Jonathan LeCaramacki and Elias Pettersson. Can you explain to us why they weren't in the lineup today? Because didn't you wake up early to watch this? Did you wake oh, up early and find out that they weren't in the lineup at the Five Nations today? I did. Set the set the alarm nice and early, had the coffee going, <laughs> snuggled up. Um, and the worst part about it was that there was actually no um, audio on the stream. So I didn't even know going in and there wasn't a lot of no. text. Uh, like none of the, the rosters were actually sent out. So, and there was... a there happened to be a number three on the ice, which is Elias Pedersen's um, number. So it took me a little bit, but yep, they weren't there. Um, but I, I don't think you should take anything of it. They got four four games in four days. So I think they just wanted to rest and it just happened to be the one day they uh, they both have to rest at the same time. They brought 14 forwards and eight defense. So it was bound to happen. It just sucks that it happened all on the same day. Okay, so I have two questions for you. First of all, does this one pronounce it Elias Pedersen because we know the first like the one in the NHL is Elias Pedersen is this one Elias Pedersen does he no, pronounce it's it probably Elias? Elias I may have say Elias it's probably- okay okay I've got you I've got you okay you got so what are you expecting to see from these guys at this tournament I know they didn't play today but what should Canucks fans be looking forward to at this tournament well for Lekaranaki I mean let's be real he's second in goals in the SHL as a 19 year old so I mean I expect him to go in and dominate, to be quite honest. Um, I'm really interested to see where he plays. I know he's got a lot of uh, history with Osland and uh, Otto Stenberg. So if they play together, even if they don't, but if they play together, I can just see them lighting this tournament up. And like I said, even if they don't play together, I don't see any reason why LeCaramacki shouldn't be firing at all cylinders on this tournament. So I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. And I'm also really excited for everyone else to see what he can do too, especially against the U-20s. So uh, in terms of Elias Pettersson, same sort of thing. He's 19. He's had good success with the team in before. So I fully expect him to kind of hop in a top four role, probably some power play time and definitely on the penalty kills. So he's having, he's having a nice little year in the all Svenskins. So I think both of them should be standout players in my opinion. Dave, there's been a lot of exciting Canucks prospect performances, performances so far, obviously like Karen Mackey, Arshdy Baines um, goes on and on. Willander. Yeah, one player that's sort of um, slipped under the radar just a little bit is uh, Hunter Brustevich, who I loved as a value pick um, in June in Nashville, and has been lighting the OHL up. Twenty-eight points in seventeen games is a right yeah. shot defenseman at a premium position. The Canucks need future help at. Uh, how big of a step has he taken so far this year? He's taken a pretty big step, and the funny thing is, is it's not even that he's taken a big step. I mean, he was a pretty touted prospect last year, and it just so happens that he slipped. So I think you're now finally getting to see what he actually can bring uh, now that he's given the full reins to kind of take over everything on that team. He runs everything, PK, power play, top line minutes. So it's his to take, and I think he's he's just doing a really good job. Um, I think just in, in terms, the nice thing is, is we actually might get to see him in the AHL next year. He has two years in USA, uh, in the U.S., so he's actually considered a four-year junior mm. player, so we can actually get him in the AHL next year, which is pretty exciting. But so, yeah, he, he's had a big step, but at the end of the day, like, I think he was always this good. I think he just, for whatever reason, just slipped a bit. Dave, in Tuesday's Blackfish report over at Canucks Army, which you've done an excellent job with, by the way, I just want to make sure everybody knows that you've done an awesome job carrying the torch uh, passed on by Chris Faber. Uh, You wrote about Atu Ratu and his elevated role in Abbotsford. We've had a couple of his Abbotsford teammates on in the past couple of weeks, and they've talked about his role at the time, and now that's being elevated. Can you elaborate on what's led to that and how he's looked in that role and like what the role really is? Totally. So the first thing I see a lot of comments about this, especially after the Blackfish and all that stuff is a lot of people are nervous and worried that he was moved to the wing. And I get it. We want him as a center. That's nice. But 
you got to keep in mind that <laughs> Abbotsford's got has a lot of injuries right now. So there was pretty much two options. It was either keep him at third line center and move up someone like Ty Glover, who was in the ECHL two weeks ago. And who's actually looked pretty good, but in terms of a top six role, like it just wasn't in the cards. So they just did the easiest thing, moved him to the wing. And he's actually found a really nice set of uh, chemistry with um, Sasan and um, Linus Carlson. And in the past two games, honestly, in my opinion, they've looked probably the best line out of the entire team. Obviously, Archie Baines and Sheldon Dries are firing pretty hot right now. But in terms of just team uh, line chemistry, I actually think they looked pretty damn good. And um, he's just doing the little things that we didn't see a few weeks ago. He's getting a lot more confident with the puck. He's making really quick one-touch passes um, and just doing things that I just don't think we would have saw from two weeks ago. He still has a long way to go in terms of the skating and just overall size and whatnot. But I just... Even if it's not, um, even if you know, even if it's not NHL level, it's really nice to see him gaining the reps and building the confidence. So he's playing second power play line right now, second line with uh, Sasan and Carlson, and I just think overall, it's just really good to see him gaining the reps right now. I saw you point out on your Twitter that he was beaver tailing for the yes. uh, for the puck. So that that's a good sign for his confidence, right? Like the fact yeah. that he's there now and he he really wasn't at that level last year, was he? No. No, and for me, I think as people get used to me over favor, one thing that I always am big on is confidence. Like you just can't really stress how big confidence what confidence can do to someone's game. And so even if it's not, you know, we obviously, you know, the Horvat trade, we want him in the NHL right now, all that mm-hmm. stuff. But for me, the con as long as he's developing and taking those reps, gaining the confidence, that's huge for me. So I'm really excited for it. I do assume that once everyone's healthy and, you know, Pod Colson eventually comes back and Nielsen and Klimovich come back, I do think that he probably drops back to the third line, but I'm really hoping that we continue to see him on the power play at the very least. Cause it's been really nice to see, to be honest, he, he looks like a, a completely different player from two weeks ago. The Canucks is the most important prospect. I think we can all agree is Tom Willander. When you consider the again the positional premium as a right shot defenseman, uh, how has he looked? Because I think going into his freshman freshman NCAA season, we know Lane Hudson is kind of the guy there. He had he was already coming off a monster year over at BU, and I don't think we expected him to necessarily go in Willander to go in and dominate points wise. And so I'm curious to see what kind of you know what what you've made of the role he's had so far and how he's played so far. Yeah, so that's exactly it. Like, everyone knows Lane Hudson, he's the guy. Um, You know, he's power play one, and not only that, if he's not already scoring a goal on the power play, he's out there for a minute and a half. So really, Willander, except for the games that Lane Hudson missed, he's not really getting any time. So you have to take that in consideration. Um, I, I am a little surprised that he starts every game with Aiden Celebrini on the third pairing, but there are there in most times in the game, you'll see Willander jump up uh, in the third period and whatnot. So it's not too big of a deal, but what stands out big time on Willander is just his skating. I'll, I'll never forget the very first time I got uh, my first live view on Quinn Hughes. It was at the world juniors in Victoria. It was against Kazakhstan. And I was with a couple of people that weren't, you know, they didn't know too much about the Canucks and definitely didn't really know, Quinn Hughes just by, by looking at him and he hopped on the ice and everyone, including myself, was just in awe with his skating. And it's just something that stood out from the get-go. And I haven't been able to personally get live views on him, but I just feel like that's like Willander carries that same wow factor with his skating. It's just so noticeable right off the bat. His edge work, his fluidness, it's just so nice to see. Um, and as I mentioned, I, I did uh, I dropped a prospect film room that I started last week. And as you'll see in that one, the amount of clips 
of him beating offenders and carrying them to the side is just phenomenal. There's like, whether it's a stick or he's using the body, he's able to just push them to the side. And that was from just that one game, but that's been a constant game, like game by game thing is that him being ruthless with not letting people go into the middle. So I think, yeah, offense is great and all that stuff, but his skating is just so elite that it just helps him in the offensive and the defensive side. Um, and like going forward, it's so funny. Everyone always has these aspirations of Quinn Hughes and Tom Willander skating next to each other. But to be honest, guys, if Hironic's still in the picture, I love a top four defensive pairing with Quinn Hughes on one line and Tom Willander on the other one. I just think it's it's just so valuable to have that kind of skating on two different lines. So, Hey, Dave, I uh, just want to say big fan of your work and uh, congratulations on everything you've done at Canucks army so far. Yeah, uh, if you're not following Dave already, folks, make sure you do. Uh, just wondering if you can kind of take us through the process of when you're watching a game, you know, keeping track up to date with all the prospects. Like, are you on elite prospects page? Do you have your kind of own spreadsheet that you're monitoring? You know, you <laughs> got to watch this game, that game, the other game. Uh, what are you looking for when you're, you know, trying to find a clip? Is it a, you know, nice breakout, nice goal, nice highlight. Just kind of walk us through that whole process. It's a, it's a grind for sure. The, the worst part about it is that Friday and Saturday at four o'clock is just, it's a gong show. Yeah. So you kind of have to pick and choose. Um, Faber and I were actually texting a few weeks ago and I sent him a, a funny text message with my screen and I had six different games up at the same time. Um, yeah. It, it's a little bit of a grind and it, it's uh I just happen to love it. So it kind of just, it's, yeah. it's fitting that I just happen to land this role. I'm super excited about it, but yeah, so that's it. In terms of the stats, it's all the above. I look, I have elite prospects going. I've got the, you know, the SHL website going. I've got the NCAA. I kind of just, you kind of just have to pick and choose from all of them because uh, not all the websites are cohesive as well. So there's different stats right. for different things. Some of them get updated. So I also have my own spreadsheet. So to be honest, it's just a little bit of all the above. And then this early, I definitely try to make sure that I'm getting as many views on someone like Willander or Gustavich as possible. Yeah. And, you know, Damon Gardner, who I, I'm super excited about. I kind of, I don't want to say put him, put him in the back burner, but it's, you know, his, his plays are a little few and far between compared to the other ones. So Right now in the early stages, it's definitely just getting comfortable with the high-end ones, and then I'll kind of make my way through it as we go. But it definitely sucks. Uh, yeah, 4 o'clock on a Friday is a bit of a bit of a gong show. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you're doing a fantastic job, and everybody who follows you at uh, on Twitter and over at Canucks Army knows it. Final question from me, and we'll close it out after this one. Jack Campbell starts tonight in Abbotsford. How many goals does he give up? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Come on, man. Arch Deep Baines is going to get, uh, he's, he's got two on him for sure. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to go Jet Wu. He's going to get his third as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to go four goals tonight. A four, three right. win. There you have it folks. Four, three win for Abbotsford. Four goals past Jack Campbell. Dave, thank you so much for doing this. No, I really appreciate you having me on guys. Awesome. Thanks, and that is Dave Hall uh, who joined us in the middle of the day. Beautiful. He did a great job. Uh, that was his first time on the show. I think I got to ask him about it when we chat with him again, but I think that was his first appearance on any like podcast, anything like that. So I got, I asked him about that, but he's doing actually a phenomenal job at Canucks army. And that's the thing favor when he was leaving, he like, he, he threw the keys to Dave in the sense of 
they, we had this spreadsheet going for Blackfish, and you see it in all the Blackfish reports that keeps track of all of the point totals for every Canucks prospect. And I had to convince Faber to bring that back because I was like, I think this this will do well because it used to happen at Canucks. He's like, it's going to be a lot of work. I don't really know. I'm like, dude, we have to do it. And I was like, I'll help you keep track. I didn't end up helping him track. He said he could do it himself. Um, and we have this little spreadsheet going, and Dave's just uh, Dave's taken it, and he has made a seamless transition. Uh, it, it's been great having David that's, Army. that's awesome and if it really is his first sort of media appearance that's really impressive how polished he was because man i remember my first one was oh, probably yeah. a radio hit uh with uh with jd burke on uh on the og rink wide yeah. TS, uh, tsn 1040 and i remember it was over the phone so i practically had my laptop open and i knew what topics they were going to ask me about roughly i basically had a script ready and it was probably <laughs> the most monotonous sort of answers possible just because yeah. i was so nervous and um didn't want to mess up live on air so i mean man if this was dave's first appearance he, he he killed it absolutely crushed it absolutely crushed it okay uh what do we got here let's get to our poll question next it's time we i didn't want to have to talk about harm i don't want to talk about trevor linden and jim benning in the year 2023 folks but here we are, nearly 2024. It's almost 2024, and we're talking about Trevor Linden and Jim Benning in this market. Okay, let's get to it. Our poll question brought to you, as always, by the great folks over at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer, folks. We were a little late getting this one out. That was my bad. We, but we've got 389 votes at the time of this recording. And that's a pretty good sample size. I got you, Grady. We all retweeted it. So we actually have a pretty good number of votes here. Um, our poll question today, what do you make of the new Linden versus Benning feud? Which I never thought I'd have to write as a poll question. But here we are. I believe Linden. I believe Benning. I do not care. And as always, I'm angry. We, th- we thought about changing it to I'm happy. Maybe that'll happen. Not today. Today is not that day. of voters say they believe Trevor Linden. 1% say they believe Jim Benning. (laughs) So so I'm not sure if Jim's voting in this, but 1% say they believe Jim Benning. 34%, myself included, say I do not care. And 4% say they are angry. Harmon, give us a bit of the backstory here. Um, What was said yesterday, I was shopping. I bought this sweater at Old Navy yesterday and Mike Gould ended up getting the article for Canucks Army. So I listened to the hit after what was said by Trevor Linden on Sportsnet 650 on the afternoon show with Satin Dan yesterday. And what's the response from Jim Benning that we saw? It came from uh, Raja Shergill over at Hockey Night in Canada. He tweeted it out. Yeah, so Linden basically going on and saying that essentially if, if it, if the 2017 draft had sort of been up to Benning, Benning probably would have taken somebody besides Pedersen. And uh, it sort of matches up with the story that I had heard behind the scenes many, many months ago. Like I'm talking probably two years ago, which is that in 2016, the Canucks' draft process was a bit of a mess. And it was a case where Judd Brackett as director of amateur scouting didn't really have full autonomy Jim and John were still playing a heavy hand. They were still going out, obviously, personally scouting. And Wisebrod, for example, was playing a huge role in um, in these scouting meetings. And they kind of had the power to sort of veto the scouts' list. And 
Lyndon wasn't a big fan of this. He said on the hit that in 2017, he wanted to push to change things and give Judd more autonomy, which happened. And Judd Brackett, that is director yeah. of scouting for the Canucks, who left in 2019 20. Yeah. And then Benning fired back and, and basically said that he wasn't against Pedersen that the night before the draft even went to Aquilini and said, we're taking Pedersen and, and basically was trying to push back against this narrative that I was all about Cody glass and it's the scouts that wanted um, Pedersen really like, I think it's hilarious that when the team's off to this hot start, we're seeing Lyndon and Benning basically going after it, trying to take credit for This is why <laughs> I land in the do, I do not care category. And you say Jim fired back. Is it firing back with what Jim Benning said? Because what he said, this is the quote, uh, courtesy of Raja Shergill. We were always going to draft Pedersen, the whole group like Petey. And then mentioned uh, he felt they didn't have enough viewings on other players and needed to do due diligence. Benning also mentions how there were reports of him wanting another player over Pedersen, Cody Glass. And that was simply not true. And that he told Aquilini the night before the draft, the pick was Pedersen. Telling the owner the night before the draft that the pick is Pedersen doesn't refute anything right, yeah. that Lyndon said. Lyndon didn't say we were at the draft table and Jim said, I don't want to draft Pedersen. Although we've heard things behind the scenes as well that, you know, there may have been something said at the draft table. We're not going to get into that. I don't care is what this comes down to. We, we heard this rumored for a while. I think Botch actually started um, this kind of line of reporting. Like he got, he was on this story very early. I think it was mentioned in an athletes uh, back in the day. I think that was the first mention of it that we saw, but look, Jonathan Bates, former Canuck scout tweeted out finally after the Trevor Linden quote, he just quote tweeted and said, finally. So there's someone who's corroborating the story from Trevor Linden. And we have endless sources backing what Trevor Linden's saying. Uh, we don't have many other than Jim Benning backing what he's saying. And so, okay, if I have to vote on the poll, yeah, I believe Trevor Linden, but I believe Trevor Linden and what Trevor Linden's story was. I've believed that for years, which is maybe why I don't care about this because I trusted the reporters that were reporting on this and all the rumors that we were hearing about this. I trusted who it was coming from. So maybe that's why I don't care. I'm annoyed that we're talking about this on a Thursday when the Canucks have a game. The Canucks play tonight in Ottawa and we're talking about Trevor Linden and Jim Benning who deserves credit. Who cares? Who cares who deserves the credit? It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. They got the player. And Jim Benning had the final say. That's the thing that a lot of people need to remember here. Jim Benning went up and made that pick. I'm not trying to come out here and defend Jim Benning and all the other mistakes he made, but it doesn't really matter. And I just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I don't really understand why Trevor Linden is coming out and saying this right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. And I don't care. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't care. Even though I'm talking about it a lot. I don't care. Well, it's funny because the autonomy was such a push and pull battle because even after Lyndon left, I think it sort of reverted back to the old way where I believe one of the main reasons that Judd left ultimately in 2020, I believe, uh, his contract wasn't renewed. It wasn't a money issue. It was, again, sort of came down to an, to an autonomy thing, which is a sort of extended narrative throughout jim and judd's time together so i think that's the, the common thread uh through through all this i will say it's noteworthy that for me that benning spoke back the reason i even said fired back is 
That's one of the first times we've ever seen yeah, him. Yeah, I wrote in the YouTube descri- description. I said he came out of witness protection to give this quote because <laughs> nobody's heard from him since he got fired, which was two years ago. Anyways, continue. So that's why I thought it was so notable. I'll, I'll say this. These days, internet beef is settled in the YouTube boxing ring or in the octagon. <laughs> How much do you think next <laughs> Twitter would pay to see Trevor Linden versus Jim Benning YouTube boxing live stream? Live at Rogers Arena. I mean, the in-person tickets too. Ownership would make a lot of money. Oh my god! Hey, I'm just putting it out there. Francesco Aquilini's the ref, guest referee. Elias Patterson. Maybe he's, <laughs> he's the judge at the end. Decides who wins. Petey sneaks in with a steel chair and just starts smashing everyone. Patterson on commentary with John Shorthouse and John. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to this tweet here, Grady, from our pal Matt Sakaris, who spoke with Jim Benning and got us this quote. Let's pull it up here. Uh, there is no side of my story. There is no my side of the story. It was a collaborative effort from the GM, assistant GM, head scout, crossover, and European scouts to make that pick. I'm happy the team is playing well. I got to tell you, like, just, I don't know. I, I think Jim Benning comes out of this looking better. Like, I, not in terms of getting another NHL job. I think he has a very slim chance at landing another job in the NHL, especially as a general manager. But I don't know if he comes out of this looking worse than Trevor Linden. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I think it's a bad look that Linden came out and talked about this. And Corey Anderson brought up in the YouTube live chat that maybe the reason Linden's talking about this now is that non-disclosure agreement expired i don't know if that's true maybe it's not but it could be i just when i say i don't understand why he's doing it right now i'm talking more in terms of it's been so many years everybody's moved on in this market like i i I thought everybody had moved on but clearly we haven't i guess we are having to talk about it i get your i get your point and i mostly agree but i also am always here for a high level sort of former executive just speaking his honest truth about what actually happened behind the scenes. That's fair. And even if it's his side of the story, even if it doesn't tell the complete picture, it's his perspective. It's not necessarily the, you know, the complete truth. Yeah. But it's refreshing to have that level of, I think, honesty. Sure. Sure. We don't get that a lot. And it makes for a boring sort of, you know, Thursday where the Canucks have not, or I mean, yesterday it broke. Um, boring boring off day and it gives us a lot to sort of talk about and look by the end of the week we aren't going to be talking about this anymore i hope not well jim's making an appearance on canuck central again today oh really yes i i think so unless jim or no jim benning he's making an appearance oh wow i think i that was richio's tweet dan tweeted out but he tweeted out he tweeted out last night he said jim benning makes his appearance today on canuck central but it was like 7 30 when he tweeted and i think they were off the air at that time so I think he meant tomorrow. I I could I, I should probably just text him before I I'm, spout off. But I, I think he hasn't made an appearance on 650 yet. And Riccio said he was going to. So I'm expecting an appearance today. We'll see what happens. Canucks are in for Ottawa. Me, <laughs> I don't even care about Jim's perspective about this draft story. I would just be more interested to hear about his takeaways, potential regrets from his tenure, overall tenure. Absolutely, and that's a great point, Harmon, because we haven't heard that. Like, we haven't heard that yet. He never had an exit meeting. We <laughs> never we never heard anything from Jim. Nobody's spoken to Jim Benning. You just said you tried. Like, nobody has spoken to Jim Benning about reflecting on his time in Vancouver. I just, I, like, I don't even know if he still lives in Vancouver. Like, I don't know the answer to that. So I guess we'll find out when he makes his appearance today. And I've, again, probably means we'll have to talk about it more tomorrow. So let's stop talking about it for today.
Uh, our poll question was brought to you by Atlas Goods, atlasgds.com, and the promo code there is CCBIF. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, it's time for anyone else. This should be interesting anyone else because I'm sure the YouTube live chat is going to make us talk about Jim Benning and Trevor Linding a little bit more. So hit us up in the YouTube live chat because it is time for anyone else actually sorry Grady you had a point you wanted to bring up I cut you off there did you have anything you wanted to say I just wanted to call you out on your fake news uh Dan Riccio did not tweet out that Trevor Linda would be on their show he was just quote tweeting uh Raja's tweet about betting responding to Linden's Linden's comments on Canucks Central did I dream this you may have dreamed it yes and and just one more thing like I've seen so many people oh I misread it okay so the tweet from Riccio is Benning responds to Lyndon's comments on Canuck Central today. Come on. So I read that as Benning's going to respond about the comments on Canuck. Because Riccio tweets out those promo stuff all the time. Yeah. Like he always tweets out their guests and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that's how I read it. Thank- uh, thankfully, Grady corrected me there. That's bad wording by you, Riccio. Bro. I'm actually going to text him about that. That's bad wording. I just wanted to add one more thing about the people saying how this is such a big distraction with the team winning. Guys, the players do not care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is no, there is only a couple guys left over from that era. They're focused on Ottawa. They're focused on looking, getting through this road trip, cliche thing, one game at a time. Like they don't care I, about that. There's a lot of good vibes around the team. This is just the off ice stuff. Yeah. We can separate those two. It's not like the players are going to take this and then, you know, they're going to be thinking that out on the ice when they're taking their next shot or Demko's making yeah. a save. Like they do not care. Do you want to know what a distraction was? Basically everything that happened off the ice last year. Do you think anybody's going to go up to Elias Petters and say, so Petey, I'm not sure if you've seen, there's a big feud between Linden and Benning right now about who drafted you, who, who actually drafted you first of all. And second of all, has that affected your on ice play at all? Is is this something that you think about at night? No, nobody's going to ask them that because like Grady just said, it doesn't matter. And this is why I voted. I do not care on this poll question. We have already been talking about this for way too long. Let's move on. Uh, the anyone else segment is brought to you by DoorDash. 
It's our listeners' chance to get involved and hit us up in the YouTube live chat. And it's also our listeners' chance to get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25, all capital letters. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms, of course, do apply. Okay. Uh, people in the chat, how is this my fault? Kevin Yee, I think regular listener of the show. Kevin, thanks for contributing. Said quads needs to move on, seriously. Just because I'm hosting and I got to drive the bus here, I'm not the one that needs to move on. Everybody, everybody. Well, needs we're going to gonna talk on. about it, but I know I don't want to talk about it. It's just, it's, but we have to talk about it. That's the thing. Yes, that's my point. Anyways, people also pointing at my reading comprehension <laughs> about the Richio tweet. I said I'm going to text Richio, tell him it's bad. It's a bad tweet. I think it might just be bad reading comprehension by me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, again, I was, when you mentioned that, I was like, there's no way Jim Benning is speaking publicly and doing a long form interview. If it's been that, if it's right. he's been quiet. For I was so long, excited about it. You don't think every media member in the city has tried to track him down? That this- well, I oh, just yeah. I thought, okay, well, it's Sportsnet, it's the rights holders. Of course, they'll be the ones to get him, and maybe he gets some PR training. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I don't know. One last thing. I'm sorry. Then we'll move on. Quads. I know you say you don't care, but I think there's a large faction of the fans that love that behind the scenes stuff. They do. Kind of what Harm alluded to. Like they want to know the inside, you know, perception point of view what actually happened and now we, we you know we've seen chris gear write about it at dfo yeah we've seen jonathan bates uh quote tweeting i think it was a taj tweet yesterday saying finally re- referencing to you know linden speaking out so uh that in this market those types of storylines they're always going to have legs and you know whether you or someone else doesn't like it or not it's going to create headlines that's just the nature of uh, a canadian hockey market and considering what this fan base and, you know, to a lesser extent, the media, what we've had to do the last few years covering a, a crappy team. Uh, it's just it's just part of the business, folks. Lots of good stuff in the YouTube live chat here. Um, this one from Nux 4 Cup. The market has been asking for Linden's side since his departure. I think it's good. We are getting it. I absolutely agree with that, actually. Like, I have to agree with that. People have wanted to hear Linden's side. I just question the timing of it. And I think uh, I saw a few people pointing out on Twitter that, hey, it's probably not a coincidence that the team is really doing well right now. And Trevor Linden said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. Nobody should be giving Jim Benning credit for this. I get it, I guess. I get it. I just, I don't know. I I still don't love it. Like, I still, it still feels weird to talk about it. And we're going to have to talk about it, I'm sure, again. Um... Some people love that I'm we're talking tired about of it. you talking about how you hate talking. Well, about some people this. love that we're talking about it. Some people hate that we're talking about it. And I don't even know what to do. Like, what do you, what do you want? What do you want us to say about this? Do you want us to just not well, let's mention let, it ever again? Let's, let's see if there's some other questions. There's not. That's the thing. Everybody's like, <laughs> everybody's like, yeah, talk about something else. It's anyone else, folks. This is your chance to get involved. And in all you're talking about is Linden and betting. So give us something to talk about. There's nothing in here. I got one from Corey. He is Corey Anderson on YouTube is asking at what point do you start looking at the 2024 draft and start getting an idea on those players? Well, thankfully the Canucks aren't at the bottom of the league standings (laughs) at this point in the season. So we don't have to fire up tankathon and hopefully we don't have to this season, but uh, quads and uh, harm. When do you kind of start monitoring the prospects around world junior time or yeah, 
little bit after for me. I watched World Juniors, but in terms of looking at where the Canucks are going to pick and looking at the goaltenders of the draft, that's kind of what I do. That doesn't really happen for me until after the seasons when I really start to hone in, especially on the goaltenders. But, you know, the pre-draft stuff, obviously we have that around. January, February is when I start to really look at it. Yeah, World Juniors, New Year, and then especially once the regular season ends and we get closer to draft lottery, that's usually when I when I keep an eye. This year is going to be different because when they pick uh, 32nd, they're going to be in a <laughs> range here. Yes. So uh, that's assuming they keep that pick, though. And that they yeah, win the point. cup. That's what it's also assuming. <laughs> yeah, but look, yeah. when they're at 32nd or, or, um, or 64th, I guess. I will tell you, I'm not going to give much of a rats you know what if the canucks are actually competing for in the playoffs like i'm not going to care about who they're selecting at 30th that late in the first it'll be on canucks army it'll be all over our website but i'm we're not going to be diving into the prospects every single day we'll have dave hall on once a week and he'll give us all the goods we need but personally me i don't i don't know i'm not going to be diving into it when have you ever (laughs) <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hey, hey, I look at the goaltenders. That was the setup. That was the setup. Faber didn't know how to scout goaltenders, and I'm assuming Dave doesn't either. So I'm gonna look at the goaltenders. It was two years in a row. I predicted perfectly who the Canucks were gonna draft. People were like, "Who's your source?" I had no source. I was watching them, and I know that Ian Clark has a type. Two years in a row, I nailed who the Canucks like uh, from their scouting department. Ian Clark. Yeah, it's weird for me scouting. I can't scout goalies either. Even like my the extent of my analysis is how they move cro- uh, across the crease, get square to the shot. Like it's such basic stuff. Meanwhile, you guys are talking about like reverse VH and well, ceiling posts. Post and integration. There's so much exactly. that goes into it that it, it's such a fascinating position to me. And that's why that's all I focus on. Because if you focus on it as much as I do, you just don't have time. And we got to do all this other stuff. Like I, I don't know how to scout skaters as well as I do goaltenders, obviously. But we have the skaters covered at Canucks Army, which is why I only pay attention to the goalies. Anyways. That's when you just call up Kevin Woodley and say, hey. That's right. What are you seeing here? Okay. Uh, does Beauvillier come out? It's from It's Throne. Harmon, I'll let you answer this one. Does Beauvillier come out? I, I I think so. Depend sort of based off of recent form. Um, we'll see. It's a difficult spot, though, if you're Rick talking because this has been a winning formula. Do you sort of give Bluger an extra couple of practice days and wait to see who falters in the bottom six. And, and you look, look for that to make the decision easier again, based off recent form, Villiers probably been least effective. He'd be my choice. Uh, but the other side of the coin is if you're looking to potentially shed that contract, because it's your e- easy, easier winger contract mm-hmm. to shed relative to Garland because of um, it expiring being expiring at the end contract. Of the year. Yeah. And then do you want to scratch him? Does that exactly help his uh, market value? That's why it's a difficult spot to be in. And if I'm in talk of shoes, again, I'd be inclined to just sort of slow play Bluger's return until the Canucks lose a game or bottom six. At least one guy sort of struggles. This is a really good question. We'll close it. Anyone else on this from OZ Nuck, who I went back and forth with a little bit in the chat there. But really good question from him. We'll close it out on this. Would you rather move picks or prospects in future deals 
slash trades. This is a really interesting one because you and I talked about how important it is when you're trying to stay in that contender level status and not saying the Canucks are a contender yet, but as they look to build toward that status, we saw it with the Dallas Stars. You use them as a really good example where they had Wyatt Johnson come in on an ELC and be an impact player for them. Thomas Harley, same thing for Dallas. And we talked about the importance of the Canucks needing those players to hit. They have Tom Willander. They have Jonathan LeCaramacchi. They need both of those first round picks to hit and be impact players on ELCs. If they ever hope to get to contending status, it's probably going to take at least one of those guys, at least one. So the question of moving picks or prospects in trade, this is my take on it and I've given it before. So I'll try and make it quick and let you get to yours. But the I've said you can trade this year's first round pick and I won't be mad but it better be for someone like Koronik who you know is going to be here for years and really is going to be someone who solidifies your lineup and is still on that younger side. Like if they trade a second round pick for Chris Tanev and then he walks in free agency or whatever, right? And they just try to shore it up for a playoff push. I think that's a bit too short-sighted for me personally. Um, Yeah, I don't think that that would be a move that I'd be okay with, even though I want Chris Tanev here. I think that'd be great, but I I think it's too short-sighted to go after a, a rental right? Going after a rental and giving up a pick or prospect for that. I think that's a bit too short-sighted for this team and where they're at right now. And look, I know they're at the top of the standings and I don't want to bring up the regression conversation again. So I think if you're going to move one of those impact prospects or potential impact picks, a high pick, it's got to be for someone who you can really trust is going to be here for a while and is also going to be an impact player for a while. Well, I also think this question was more so about, okay, if you're in a scenario where you are trading some type of futures, which do you sort of prefer? And it sort of depends, right? Because draft picks, I think, are easier to flip as a universal currency because it's easier for both teams to agree on the value of a second round pick. Everybody knows what a second round pick is worth, but if you're trying to weigh what's the trade value of this 19 or 20-year-old prospect, it can sort of differ, right? Because the analogy that I think Drance has used before that I really like is um, draft picks. It's sort of like when you tr- when you take a c- new car off the lot, the value just appreciates yep. almost right away. Um, and so that's sort of worth keeping in mind. And then with prospects, I think the other thing from the Canucks' standpoint is you've got to be mindful of if you're high on this prospect and – he is 19 or 20. That means he's closer to being an impact player as opposed to draft pick, which, which would take longer yeah. to uh, sort of um, develop. But there are certain why I said it depends is sometimes there might be a prospect that other teams are higher on that you aren't as high on. Right. And there can mm. sometimes be that disparity, especially because you're generally going to know your prospects better than other teams know your prospects. So if there's a, uh, a prospect that, has popped off recently and from a league-wide perception people are higher on than than they might have recently uh, been recently but you don't believe in the player then that might give you an opportunity to sort of sell high on the pro on that mm. prospect but generally speaking i think draft picks are just an easier currency to move because it's e- because it's easier to um agree on the value of what that pick is worth I like that. And I also like it from the perspective of the Canucks competitive window and what you brought up about, you know, Willander and LeCaramacchi are going to be closer than whoever the first round pick is in the following draft. And I like that thought process. Yeah, like you can't give up a Willander. You can't. Right, especially because of the right shot um, and how important those types of pieces are. And how the Canucks really need that right shot defenseman to hit. 
because Jet Wu hasn't really hit. Like Jet Wu's not going to be a top four guy. It's not going to happen. But there's a chance that guy can be Tom Willander. They need that. Like they need to get that. And look, speaking of Linden quotes, when they drafted Ali Levy, he spoke about passing on Matthew Kachuk and said, "If you want elite defensemen, you got to draft them." And we really like Ali Levy. So if you're it, the same is still true. If you want elite defensemen, you probably are going to have to draft them. I agree with you. Wait. Okay. Grady, you want to uh, get to that way here? Yes, let's do it. Our Betway bet of the day is Rick Tockett on the Jack Adams plus 700 quads harm. Show me a good goalie. I'll show you a good coach. Hmm. If the Canucks are going to continue this hot play, if they're going to be a playoff team, Look at the, some of the Jack Adams winners from the past years. It's not always the top team in the league, but it's kind of that surprise team that really grabbed the attention of the league. And so far, that's been the Canucks. Plus 700, 10 bucks, returns 80. That's your bet way, bet a day. 19 plus to play. If you choose to play, please play responsibly. I like that, Grady. I like the Rick talk at Jack Adams hype starting in November. Puck drop between the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks is at 4 p.m. today. 4 p.m. Pacific, of course. Uh, we'll have coverage of that game tomorrow. Anything you want to say about that game before it happens is going to be dated in like an hour. Yeah, just I think Ottawa played last night. Big mm-hmm. win for them over uh, Toronto. So hopefully with them feeling um, feeling good about that win and it being the second leg, leg of a back-to-back, hopefully you get some complacency setting in. But uh, the Sens have been a train wreck, so I'm sure they're, they're desperate, it, at least from a... Rest perspective, the Canucks will um, hopefully be able to use that advantage. Casey DeSmith starts tonight. That's probably the thing I'm most interested in is the decision to go to DeSmith and obviously save Demko for Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and more how Casey DeSmith is going to perform tonight. So we'll see that and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's episode. But for now, we will close it out. For my co-host, Harmon Dial, and our technical producer, Grady Sauce, our thanks to Dave Hall for joining us on today's show. My name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Canucks Conversation with Harmon and Quads every weekday at 2 p.m. Be sure to check it out on the Canucks Army YouTube channel. And if you missed it, go check it out on your favorite podcast catcher app. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.